What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Honest Tattooer. My name is John Messa, and I'm joined with my co-host, Matriano. Hey, how you doing? What's up, my bro? Happy Christmas. Uh, yeah. Happy Merry Christmas. Happy Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever it is that you celebrate. All of those things. I hope that you're having a happy holiday season. And thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Honest Tattooer, our uh, kind of semi-final episode yeah. of the year. <laughs> the semifinals. Yeah, the semifinals. Uh, and talk about finals, I'm a fucking loser, guys. Um, <laughs> when, I came, when I came in the next day after that episode, yeah. I came and was like, y'all watch John blow it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fucking blew that shit. Oh, man. You know what the hardest part about blowing it is living with it for months on end and having a bunch of people telling you like, oh, you fucking won, right? You won. You won. Oh, and, yeah, you're just right. like, and you're just holding it in like, just watch it, man. Just <laughs> fucking watch it. You know? I didn't even think about it. that. Oh my God. That's like the worst. Yeah. You know, keeping your poker face, holding it together. Cause like at the end of the day, you want to just be like, no man, I didn't fucking win it, dude. And it sucked. Yeah. You know, it was a tough day in my life. I know what did, what happened. And like, uh, I thought you did three solid tattoos, but at the same time, I feel like they made the right decision. Yeah, I think they made the right decision overall about who who should have won based on the nine tattoos that were done. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. It's crazy because like there's so much debate about Freddie being robbed. And I was like, you know what? He made one mistake. Like I think that black and gray tattoo was his mistake. Like, no, it doesn't matter how you look at it. I don't care if you understand if you think that it was like a crazy, well done art piece and et cetera. It, it, it needed too much of an explanation. And I feel like when you're doing art, unless that thing's going on a canvas and you're going to have like a famous art critic describing what it means. Nah, man, you're doing a tattoo, my guy. Yeah. So do a tattoo that when you see it, it's, it may, it should make you feel something, but never a little bit of like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Like there's a, there's a line that I feel like as a tattoo, you can't cross different when, when you do it with a canvas or anything like that. Yeah. And I think that that was his, that was his blooper. And to add to that, I think that his first tattoo, this, the, the snake tattoo, it was good, but I felt like both mine and Bobby's were better than 100%. That tattoo, I was going to say you know? the same thing. I feel like he flopped on that one also. Exactly. So that was kind of what the deal was. And <laughs> I was trying to figure out, I was like, okay, if you have to think about like, you have three tattoos, somebody has to win two out of three at least to win it. And then the third one has to be like a very close, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's what Bobby achieved, you know? Like, I don't, I don't think like any of his tattoos were like, oh, he fucked that one up. And I feel like with my three, there was one, I was like, I, he dropped the ball on that one. And with Bob and with Freddie, I feel like you could always see like, oh, he dropped the ball on that one. We were talking about this before that you felt like you should have gotten second place at least. Yes. Right. Which I agree. Cause the way that you're describing that right now, I feel like you dropped the ball on one tattoo. Yes. Freddie dropped the ball on two tattoos. On two tattoos. So I agree with you 100% that he should have been the first one knocked out. Not you. I agree. It's the name of the game. <laughs> it's just the way it goes, but whatever. I'll let you guys uh, comment on this and let you know what you think. But I just came back from Vegas and it was really nice uh, to go celebrate with Bobby. You know what I'm saying? Like it was his day. I came in to just like one, I hadn't watched the finale until I watched it there with a bunch of people around me mm -hmm. and with him right there, like right beside me with his family. And it was cool to uh, just share that moment because ultimately out of everybody that was there, he's the only person that understood how I felt during those hours 
you know, and everything else. Cause there were a bunch of castmates, other people that were on the show there, but if they got eliminated before they had no idea what those like last three, 12 hour tattoos felt like and like how that played into your psyche. I remember like the night before the last tattoo, like me and Bobby were like, dude, where did you sleep? And like, dude, I slept like three hours last night and I'm about to go tattoo for like 12. That's wild. That's so crazy. Yeah. Cause it was tough, dude. It was so fucking tough. Cause I think I, I was mentioning to you earlier, we got one day off before the marathon started. So on that one day off, I was able to draw two pieces and you could say it was like the one I was able to draw completely render, et cetera. Then the other one I started my second tattoo. And then it was like the second day I kind of finished it, you know, refined it a little bit better. So I feel more confident on it. And then on my third tattoo, I had to, after I had a tattoo for 24 hours, two days straight, I had to go home and go draw that last tattoo. After I already tattooed 12 hours, my mind is like shot. I was feeling like tired, exhausted, dude. I was like, this is the worst. What made you decide on going with that style for your third tattoo? Oh man, this is where it gets hard. So I had two ideas. One was a red devil. Okay. And I was going to approach it more in a color realism style. I was so caught up on two things. They kind of told us, you know, to come up with a story for the pieces. And I was so caught up on like, this needs to tell a story. They're going to tell a story on this. Mm -hmm. They didn't tell any fucking story. Like when you see it on TV, there was no story told. Right. Like all of my explanations of like what these pieces, they were like very, very minimal, very skimmed quickly straight through it. But it was like, I wanted to tell a story. And I felt like out of the tattoos, I had a kind of like, I had a very direct, easy to follow storyline. So it, it, to me, like my last piece had to end with a devil. It had to end with a devil of some sort or either, cause I was doing kind of Adam and Eve you know, kind of storyline. So I had to end either with the devil laughing, you know, and that was what I was going to do. I was going to do this like red devil kind of laughing as enjoy, you know, that like, ha ha ha, I got her to eat or, and then the other thing was, and I was like, oh man, I'm going to say it. <laughs> so I had two designs and uh, the red devil would have been smaller, but it was going to be like full saturation in color. And I asked Bobby, actually, I was like, Ah, oh, dude, I'm in between doing these two. And he was like, ah, oh, dude, you already did a fucking red face with your old lady. Why don't you try to do something different? And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should. I was like, I want to do this. Like my other idea was that I had it kind of sketched out was to do more of like a, like a, an etching kind of drawing just to show variety and versatility. Because from what I know of Ink Master, that mattered. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Showing versatility mattered. But when everything got judged, everything was like, oh, but that all these look the same. Like they have like a body of work. It looks more like a body of work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which is the total opposite of like showing versatility, mm-hmm. you know? Cause it was like, well, in that case, I could have just done all like three Japanese inspired pieces that have my kind of way that I do things already marked in them. And that could have been a much easier kind of road to where I wanted to go, which right. is to the top, you know? So it's like uh, on my exit interview, uh, Ryan asked me, you know, like about my tattoos and what would I've done differently. And I was like, well, what I would have done differently was stick to just doing three Japanese tattoos. That's all I would have done differently. My first tattoo, it would have been the snake. 
My second tattoo, it would have been like a, a geisha style Eve biting into a, another peach. And then for my last tattoo, I probably would have done more of like a Hanya mask to yeah. represent like a red Hanya mask to represent a red devil. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then that's like three cool Japanese tattoos in my style that have like my signature look to them. And that's how I would have approached it and did it differently. Yeah, you fucked up. You should have done that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know I fucked up. You know, and that's the easy part of like knowing if you fucked up, you gotta be able to know like, damn, that's how I fucked up, man. But it's always like, um, no, nah, I'm just kidding though. Those look great regardless. Like I feel, I still yeah. like them as tattoos, you know, like one thing that bummed me a lot was that they didn't really like show much of it, but my last canvas set like shit, man. My last canvas set like shit. Like, dude, I don't do squiggly lines, guys. If you saw my whole season, there was not one squiggly line in any tattoo that I ever did in any challenge. Yeah. And in my last tattoo, you think I'm going to fucking do like shaky lines? You know what I'm saying? On a fucking giant piece that's going to win me 250 fucking grand? Get the fuck out of here, bro. You know, my clan sound like shit. Sorry, ma'am. But she said really bad, you know, for that tattoo. She wasn't physically prepared to do that kind of tattoo. Did she at least start off strong and then kind of dwindle down or? Correct. Yeah. She started off. She started off good. Like anybody would up to like hour four. And after, after hour four, we still had another fucking six hours to go. And that's the part where like, man, I should have just done an eight hour tattoo at most or a six hour tattoo, yeah. you know? And that's when I'm like, oh man, if I would have done that red devil that I wanted to do, that would have been like a six hour tattoo and slowed it down and being able to do it, you know, use big mags that don't hurt as bad as like lining her with like a tight seven. Yeah. Yeah. So how long of that tattoo was line work? I feel like at least four hours, Wow. at least four hours of line work, Damn. you know, and I would have, I would have finished fairly quickly, but even if after like, after I finished the line work of that tattoo, she was already, she was done. You know, she was beat. Like if I would have been home for no money, I would have been like, if I would have been home, I would have been like, look, this is the end. You know, like there's no way I'm, you know, as soon as I started like the top hip area, which that area kind of sucks. That's when I was like, oh my God, I can't even pull these lines on this lady. It's yeah. impossible. And like, but it, the problem is like when you're doing these like kind of, uh, raise kind of lines, you know, as soon as you do one, you got to commit to the rest of them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was the problem. As soon as I did the first one, did another one, third thing, I was like, oh, fuck. And then like something that I should have thought, it was just making them all extra fucking super shaky, you know, to make them all like that. But it didn't happen right away. It happened like as I started going towards like the bony hip area, like, you know, there was kind of towards the center of the tattoo. And that's what it is. But that's the part of like, Things that I learned, and this might help anybody that ever decides to go on Ink Master. Color tattoos photograph better when they're fresh. And your tattoos are judged when they're fresh. They're not judged when they're healed. I saw tattoos that looked all right, pretty, you know, fresh. I don't know how they'll look when they heal up. You know, sometimes you'll do a really cool black and gray tattoo and that shit looks red as fuck. And then they'll judge it as is that day. Yeah. You know, they're not going to say like, oh, when this heals up, it's probably going to look like... 30% lighter, you know, and it's going to smooth out and blah, blah, blah. No, they judge it as is. So like do more color tattoos, you know, like there was one tattoo where like, I got like, uh, in my scientific tattoo, you know, they were like, oh, that green is like really muddy. And I'm like, it's green, you know, and it's like a light bright green when that thing healed up, you know, I posted a healed photo of it. That green looks 
super bright the day. And on the photo, you know, that when they see it, they're like, oh, that looks muddy. Like, yeah, it looks muddy because it's a really light, bright green. And that's kind of how it's going to look. So it's like you have to make choices that are based on the presentation. And that helps. Am I remembering it wrong? Or was there a season? I feel like I do remember them judging healed or at least showing photos of the heel tattoo during the critique. Um, Did that ever happen? Well, on the finals, that's what how all the finals were judged in the past. Man, I maybe I I never really watched that much of it to know for sure. But I feel like I feel like I have a memory of a black and gray photo or black and gray tattoo being judged. The photos right there, and then right next to it, they had the healed photo of. Oh shit! Damn, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember that. I could be making that up. Yeah. <laughs> it could just be in your head. You're like, oh, this could have, this could have been cool. But I think, you know, that makes, that plays a huge difference. Yeah, for sure. On how a tattoo gets judged, you know, especially for a final, a heel tattoo looks completely different than That's why tattoo. I give a lot of credit to tattoo conventions when they do competitions. They don't allow fresh tattoos to enter like the color, like color category or whatever. Tattoo of the day should be the only tattoo that's, that's fresh. done that day fresh. fresh. Everything else needs to be healed. And it needs in. to be healed because that's the real tattoo. Yeah. You know, anything else is just like, fugazi, fugazi. <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations to Bobby Johnson for winning. Yes, Ink Bobby. Master. You're a fucking badass. And most of all, you're a fucking great human being. I said it to John after the first episode. I was like, John, I know you can't confirm or deny but now that I know who's on the show, I know that Bobby won. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. Introducing the Tattooer Health Club, your secret weapon for longevity in the tattoo industry. If you felt the toll tattooing takes on your body, the pain, tingling, or numbness, you're not alone. Founder Jordan is a tattoo ergonomics and therapy expert with nearly a decade of experience. He's pulling back the curtain on our broken healthcare system to empower you with knowledge. So say goodbye to dismissive doctors and gain the confidence to care for yourself. Join the club, access Jordan's free book and customized warm-up routine. It's for serious tattooers and don't miss the ergonomic and therapy secrets masterclass. It's time to prioritize your health and set yourself apart in this evolving industry. Get started today at the Tattooer Health Club and let your ink shine. That's right. Use coupon code HONESTTATTOOER to get 10% off your warm-up routine or your self-paced masterclass. Honest Tattooer is also brought to you by Tattoo Armor. Literally the best way to wrap your client at the end of the day. No mess, no adhesives, and they are super comfortable. You can try it for yourself by going to TattooArmorUSA.com. They were able to hook us up with a 20% discount for our followers. Just use the code Honest Tattooer on your next order. Honest Tattooer is brought to you by Ink Maps, the ultimate tattoo app for tattooers. Upload your image and instantly read dominant colors and get precise color matches for any tattoo ink brand. You can mix colors, see how they look on your client's skin tone, and even explore value isolation and stencil creation. Compare brands, dive into color properties, and achieve perfect color harmony every time. Import your palettes into Procreate and Photoshop, plus conveniently attach projects to clients for future reference. You can simplify your tattoo process with ink maps. Download now and revolutionize your artistry. Use coupon code HONESTTATTOOER for 50% off your first year subscription. So we got a couple of things to go over. First, I want to thank our Patreons. 
because that'll lead into our next. Wait, I don't have the, there it goes. I don't have it written down, but. Oh yeah, where's the card? I think it might be in the box. Uh, so our Patreon supporters come directly from Patreon. And if you would like to support the show like they do, you can head over to patreon.com slash honest tattooer. There you go. And sign up to be a patron supporter. You could uh, choose different levels at your support level, whatever you feel good about. Everything that you contribute and everyone and everything that everybody else contributes is super appreciated. And we are very grateful for all of you. This week, we are thanking two new patrons. We've got Nick Crossman. Nick, thank you so much, man. Adi Yaya. What? Adi Yaya. Adi Yaya. Sick. (laughs) Thank you guys very, very much. We appreciate everything. So on Patreon, I asked if anybody's got some conversation topics that we could talk about. And one thing that we got, I thought was pretty cool. Uh, This came from Brandy Woodford. Mm -hmm. And Brandy says, when you visit an art museum, which section are you always most excited for? And what non-tattoo or artist do you find yourself more most drawn to? And how do you think their work influences your own artistic and tattooing style? Oh, that's a good one. Back when I was in college, one of my, I don't remember if it was my art history museum, uh, art, art history professor or my like figure drawing professor. They were like, go to a museum and try to find an artist that you connect with. Just like, but like that, they're like, find one that you're like, oh man, that's, the, that's something that speaks to me. At that point, both Salvador Dali's paintings spoke to me a lot. And all the surrealist stuff really yeah. spoke to me a lot. Rene Magritte, you know, like stuff like surrealist paintings really spoke to me a lot. And then later in life, like all the, uh, Caravaggio's painting spoke to me a lot. Like the really super high contrast yeah. painting spoke to me a lot. Yeah. I feel the same way. Uh, Dolly definitely had a big influence on me. There was a woman that I met at the, they, they used to be, I don't even know if they still do it anymore, but at the Javits center every year they would have a big art expo Yeah, and it ran from like Thursday to Sunday. And there was an artist there that I met. Her name is Aura Tamir. Mm-hmm. She does very, colorful, like almost just primary colorful surrealistic paintings of these female figures in these like weird surrealistic landscapes. And for a very long time, I found myself trying to paint just like she was. Yeah. So, and actually the piece that I have on my ribs was supposed to be one of her tattoos. Oh shit. But the guy who tattooed it, he was like, eh, I don't feel like doing I don't that. Do like- <laughs> yeah. So he kind of translated into whatever he thought it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree with you with the, the, the surrealistic aspect of it. And then also, do you remember, I'm probably going to get made fun of for this one. Do you remember Thomas Kincaid? He was like the master of light and he had these galleries with these dimmable lights over his paintings. And then as you change the lighting, it will like glow his paintings. Like there would be like street lights that when you change the lighting in the gallery itself, it made the lights and the, and the painting look brighter, like they were glowing. Oh, or shit. if there was like sun rays and like little spots on the grass where the sun's shining through the leaves, like yeah. as you dim the light, like those become more vibrant because oh, everything shit, no. is around. Really fucking cool stuff. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't come across digitally because you need to actually be- You, be, you need to be there. Yeah, but it's really fucking cool. 
So that stuff, I never tried to do that with tattooing because it's ridiculous, but I remember being so inspired by like the whole light aspect of painting that that really, really got me into trying to do more. I think that's one of the coolest things when like, uh, so the, the, the kind of artwork that you have to see in person to appreciate, I think some of the best shit you can, cause you need to be there. Yeah. Like without it, it's like, it doesn't matter if you see it online or like, nah, dude, you just got to see it, see it. You yeah. know, that's like, uh, one of the things that I saw while I was in Vegas was the sphere and I could show people videos of it. You're not going to feel it, you know, <laughs> like you're going to see it, but you're not going to feel it like that emotion that you get when you feel like really immersed in something, especially something of that scale. Yes. Something of that scale. You're There's like, a lot of times <laughs> with stuff that you see online, some of these paintings look really impressive, but you don't realize how fucking big they are too. Yeah. And with like, uh, some of like the Dutch Flemish painters, painters, you don't realize how small some of they are. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh my God, somebody painted this with something like the size of an eyelash. And it's so detailed yeah. and so flawless. Like, when I went to the Louvre in France, I got to see some paintings that I had seen in like textbooks. And like back then I thought these things were big and I'm like, oh my God, this is like a eight by 10. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so like, you know, things would look like they were painted with like a hair with an eyelash, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's like incredible. I'm like the patience and the time that had to be spent to do that. And then, and then you feel the appreciation for it even more. Cause then like, especially cause we see digital things all the time now that look so highly rendered and perfect and stuff like that. But I'm like, yeah, there was no tap, tap, zoom on that. You mm -hmm. know, and <laughs> like <laughs> there was no zooming. It was just like, maybe grab a loop and then just take your time real slow to be able to put all those details into things. Yeah. It's incredible. So the other part of that question was what non-tattooer artists do you get inspired by? Uh, well, I guess, man, he's still a tattooer. <laughs> I was like early on, like, uh, I was really inspired by Mike giant, uh, okay. of his work. Someone in our comment section was like, Oh, look at the Mike giant flash behind. Yes. I don't know who was sitting here, but he yes, it, yeah. yes. You know, so Mike giant, you know, eventually became, eventually started tattooing because his work just lends to tattooing, you mm -hmm. know, very well. And then he just started tattooing his stuff. Cause people were like, Oh, would you tattoo your stuff on me? You know, but he started doing just graffiti and then he started doing all these like these sketches and, and, and Sharpie drawings that are just so bold that, they lend themselves to tattooing. So he tattooed and I think he still tattoos now again, but he stopped, you know, mm -hmm. just cause he was just doing so much illustration work, but he's an artist that really resonated with me. And if you were a kid that skateboarded Jim Phillips, he did the fucking Santa Fe, you know, Santa Cruz, I'm sorry, Santa Cruz. the Santa Cruz hand that we all know, like mm -hmm. that kind of shit was like, this is sick, yeah. you know, like all that kind of shit that was so cool. Like, that was like big for me, you know, early on in my career, I would say like now as an adult, the things that I'm, I'm drawn by is like, I'm drawn to a lot of like people that can create like installations. Like if you can create a dope installation and, and create an environment that creates emotion, I'm mean like, that's, that's heavy to me. Yeah. Like that's really fucking cool. And then to me now, fashion designers, like really good ones. I'm like, fuck when you see like a group of people walk around and you're like, wow, I just created a, they captivated me. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like just by the way that they created a whole mood with music sounds, you know, and the way that they dressed everybody. I'm like, that's sick to me. So like, and as an adult, it's different, you know, than when I was like so heavily now it's like tattoo is life guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just like asking me like, what, what inspires those out of tattoo? I'm like, I don't fucking care, dude. Tattoo is life, homie. Like, you know, it's, it's just kind of where I'm at, you know, it's still like just love tattooing. And I'm obsessed with tattooers. And as far as tattooing, 
I got tattooed last week. I got started and I got tattooed by Chris Garver and just super inspired getting tattooed by people that are like 10 years in front of you at least. And that guy's even more. And I don't even want to say how, cause it'll make him feel old probably, but like, uh, you know, just super, super inspired and left me being like, wow, I still don't know shit. That guy knows a lot. <laughs> the few seconds I saw the videos you took of him drawing. Yeah. I wasn't even there. And I was like, fuck man, that's fucking cool. Yeah. That's like, guys, it's really nice to get tattooed by people that have been doing it for a long time. They will share stories and just seeing the way that they work and all these things like just, it's nice. Yeah. Really nice. So let me elaborate on that though. You draw in front of your clients all the time. Yeah. And I always feel like I need to be prepared beforehand because I feel like I'm wasting the client's time as they're sitting there watching me draw. Yeah. But watching Garver draw in that video, if that were me in your situation, I would have sat there all day, just watched him draw. Exactly. And like I sat there, I was recording. I was like, Hey dude, is it cool if I record you drawing? He's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And I think that that's the feeling that our clients get when we draw in front of them because they get to see their thing come to life. Yeah. And I think that there's such a reward in seeing the process of something, even something as simple as like, yeah, this is going to sound crazy because I'm comparing something to something else, but it means nothing. If you've ever gone to a restaurant and you ordered a dish and all of a sudden they brought out like another table and they put the table in front of you and they start preparing the dish in front of you. You're just like amazed. You're just like, <laughs> wow. And it's like that food tastes better all of yeah, a sudden. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause you got to see the process of how they made it for you. And I think that that's the same thing with a tattoo. Like you just do it in front of them. You're, you're doing it. You perform. It's a performance. It yeah. becomes a performance and something bigger, you know? And then they get to see like, Oh man, there was love put into that for right. me. Yeah. So for me, I don't know if it's self-explanatory, if that's even the right word to use right now, but I feel like Alphonse Mucha is one of my big influences. Yeah. And um, before it was him for a very long time, uh, when I was doing more like new schooly pinup kind of stuff, I was looking at a lot of Gil Elfrin stuff. Yes. He was super big inspiration for me. Um, and then, then I started looking at like, uh, Alberta Vargas, like all those pinup, uh, artists back then. But currently right now there's a guy I've, I've even talked about him a couple of times or at least once on the podcast, Stan Prokopenko. He's got a, an online course that he teaches drawing, but just watching him draw, dude, it's incredible. Like everything just seems so effortless and it's just like a huge inspiration to watch someone just be able to put down a line and it, it's just like that one line, all, it's just a fucking line, dude, it's but line. It, it looks so good. It's like, whoosh, yeah. You're like, it's like, how do you make a line look good? Dude? I don't understand <laughs> it, but he does it. Damn. It's just like, uh, it, that's from like uh, watching Chris draw my design. I saw him come up with three ideas so fast yeah, with no reference around nothing. Just like you could tell that it's just ingrained in his brain. I was like, oh, how about, I was like, I was like, what do you think about a frog? You know, cause we were just bouncing ideas. I showed him the spot and I was like, oh, I was like, maybe a frog, maybe this, maybe that. And then it, you could see, you know, as I was saying things, I like one thing would like, oh, that piqued my interest, you know? Yeah. And then I was like, when I said the frog, he's like, oh, maybe like a, a raging frog, you know? Raging is like the God of thunder. And he has like that pose, you know, that's super classic. He drew this frog so fast in this pose and then as soon as he saw it got like elaborate enough into it, he was like, nah, <laughs> he's like, let's drop this. 
Man, I wish I could do that. Yeah. And I was like, you just nail that thing so fast. I was like, damn, that was, didn't look at nothing. Just pulled it out. Yeah. Fuck. I'm like, that's really good. And especially because it was like in a really complicated spot to draw it, you know, which is even harder. Mm -hmm. Like people are like, is this really awkward space you got to fill? Make it happen, you know? But So I can draw fairly fast if I'm drawing in a cartoon style. And actually, so while we were recording the after show before, and I said, let's start recording, it's because I had this thought. I was drawing, uh, so Sammy, my son, he's been asking me to design him t-shirts lately. Mm -hmm. And the design that I came up with today, or that he came up with that I was drawing, he wanted a Megalodon t-shirt. A Megalodon. Yeah. And so I found a, kind of like a realistic illustration of a Megalodon in the pose that I wanted to use. And I just kind of like translated that into a cartoony kid shirt. Yeah. Right. And I was able to draw these lines like Stan Prokopenko can just like super quick, but like the perfect shape that I wanted, the trajectory that I wanted. And I was able to get this drawing sketched, lined and colored in like 45 minutes. Nice. Done, right? Nice. And it, it got me thinking, I was like, fuck man, I almost want to start a second Instagram page just doing these kinds of fast tattoos. The, these kind of fast designs, just bust them all out really quick mm -hmm. and like almost started onto like a second alias. Yeah. 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 Cause I feel like I could, I could do really well doing that. Just super quick, draw something in like 20 minutes. Don't have to work real hard. Yeah. And like yeah, almost, yeah. yeah, yeah eliminate the style that I'm doing now and just like push into a completely different style. And I think that doing something like that will help you be better at what you're doing now. Yeah. Cause sure. it's going to force you to think outside of the box that you've already, that you put yourself into, you know, cause I feel like that's what happens. Once you develop a style, you start putting yourself into these parameters that like these things create this result. So it's like, you have to push yourself to try something new and you're going to learn to do something else. Like that's why I feel like, me doing my fashion content helped me get better at being a better content creator, which makes me do more interesting tattoo content. Yeah. Even though like, honestly, I don't find it as enjoyable to create tattoo content because I like to look at tattoos like tattooers like to look at tattoos, yeah. you know? And it's like, no, you got to make it more fun, make it more exciting, make it more like accessible for the person that just wants to look at a tattoo in like 10 seconds. It was just a real eye opener because I've been posting a lot how much how much time it's been taking me to design the pieces that I do. Yeah. I've noticed that. And it, it dawned on me this morning that I'm like struggling to make these designs that I really like and that I want to have like my name attached to. Yeah. But the, the, the drawing that I did this morning for my kid, it came so naturally to me. It was like, I didn't struggle at all. Every line was perfect. It like, it just it made me question like, am I doing the style that I'm doing right now, is that really the style that I should be doing? Right, right, right. Or you should you keep trying to make that other style grow and flourish more? And I always say it's like, should you water that? There's only so much water that you have in your canister of energy. Should you water that a little bit more yeah. and help that grow or just keep giving it all to what you're doing? You know, there's only so much time in a day. There's so much energy in your mind. You know what I'm saying? Like there's only so much you can do. So it's like, oh man. What, what do I put my, my time and love into? But I think that's, it's worth exploring, especially if 
when you're doing things like that, it sometimes it feels less worky, you know, like yeah. you're like, Oh, I just, I really enjoyed that. Like that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And now you're doing it with, with Sammy. So it's like even more of like, Oh, that was really fun. I got to share that with him. And exactly. I think that's cool. Yeah. And then speaking, speaking of the content creation, I feel the same way that like I've, I've gotten a better grasp on what makes good content. Yeah. And I was telling my client this this morning. So, you know, the ring doorbell. Yeah. Do you, you don't have one of those, right? I don't have one of those. On. So ring has its own app. And then within the app, it has its own social media kind of forum kind of thing. Right. And you could post the videos that you've recorded on your cameras, put it to this, just like group chat. And then everybody else in the neighborhood could see it and comment on it. Okay. And this morning I was getting annoyed because people are just posting the stupidest things. Like it's, this isn't worthy of letting your neighbors know about yeah. <laughs> Oh my, my internet went out today. I was like, who fucking who cares? cares, dude? Like, I don't give a fuck. And it happens all the time. Or like somebody be like, oh, I saw a fox run across the street. It's like, good. Who cares? Yeah. Whatever it is, <laughs> Whatever. a fox. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give these people something that they could laugh at. So I wrote, I wrote, oh fuck. I just saw a naked grandma running down the street. <laughs> and then in the description, I was like, she's got uh, white hair. She's overweight. And she's got a Jesus tattoo on the, on the lower back. <laughs> and you're like, right away, I got the message. Like this is getting reviewed by our moderators to make sure it's okay. <laughs> but before they denied it, it got out there. And a lot of people saw it, And a lot of people were commenting on it. And so I was like, all right, like, I, I know what I'm doing now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know yeah, how yeah. to keep people's interests. Exactly. And exactly. it was so funny too. My sister-in-law in a group chat with me and other family members, she screenshot it and then put it in the group chat. She's like, Oh my God, look at this. I had no <laughs> idea that it was me. <laughs> That's so good. That's hilarious. Make a um, grandma. Jesus tattoo. Jesus tat <laughs> on her lower back. Oh man. This year has been a wild one. It's been a years of a lot of things. It's crazy that uh, we've, this is episode number 53. 53, dude. That's solid. More than uh, weeks in a year. <laughs> we beat the weeks in a year. And I feel like uh, it's a good time to tell you, man, that I appreciate you, man. I'm glad that we did this together. Yeah, me too. And I feel like we've grown so much since we started doing this. For sure. Um, I agree. Even like from like the level of comfort, just talking, sharing, opening up and like saying like both of your like wins and losses and how you feel about them. Yep. And I feel like you guys that are listening, you know, when I, when I meet you on the street and you tell me, I'm like, oh man, I really really appreciated like, you know, your conversation and what you guys shared. That really means a lot. And, uh, we'll tell you that I really appreciate you guys, man. Thank you guys for supporting us. And, uh, for that, I feel stoked to start another year and keep this fucking thing going. Yeah. I hope that we continue going and outshine all the other podcasts. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. But the only way to do that is for you to share this with other people too. So please like share, comment, tell your friends about the show because it really helps us out a lot too. Yeah. If you're listening or if you watch this, you know, if you watch one of the Instagram videos, that's cool and all, but man, subscribe to the channel on YouTube, recommend it to your friends, share it to somebody. And mix of all, if you like, if you like an Instagram video, like that shit, but go on fucking YouTube and like it. Cause that would mean a lot. The YouTube algorithm is the hardest one to crack. I swear to God, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, there's. I feel like there's a lot on there that I just don't even know about. There was a guy, uh, <laughs> Mr. Ibra Khan. He reached out to us a couple of weeks ago and he was like, hey man, I've been looking at your channel. You're pretty much, he's like, your SEO sucks. He's like, let me, let me help you out a little bit. He charged us $80 to revamp 10 of our previous videos. Yeah. And he's like, 
I guarantee you that after I do all of this, you'll start seeing more views, more engagement on the videos that I tweak. And he did it. I saw a little bit of an increase. Yeah. Nothing huge. Yeah. 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 But I felt like for 80 bucks, it was worth it. Whatever. Yeah. But it kind of got my gears rolling. I was like, there's, there's clearly things that we're missing yeah. that we should be taking advantage of. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I, yeah. I sent you that thing to buddy. I want to look into that. I've heard a lot of good things about that. Mm-hmm. It's like a, an AI kind of SEO like manager. SEO manager. Yeah. I guess that's a good way to put it. That's good. I'm going to ask chat GPT about this guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Speaking of chat GPT, dude, I got rid of mid journey. You don't even need it, right? Don't even need it, bro. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Because I feel like now with chat GPT incorporated with Dolly that when you don't get the image that you want and you're like, fuck, well, how do I re, how do I reword the prompt? You don't have to even think about that anymore. Just just be like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> just tell it. Just be like, bro, I don't, I don't like this. Do it better. Yeah, like, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's freaking wild, man. You know, it's, it's crazy. Like how much you can use out of it. Guys, it's a, it's a tool. It's like, it's like if you opened up your toolbox and there was just one thing in there, they could do it all. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like. I like, uh, told my girlfriend about it the other day and like, I, she, she like watched me use it to, to create something. And she was like, wow. Like, you know, people are like, wow. But I'm like, yeah. And I was like, it's just try to figure out how you can apply it to your needs. You know, whether it be like, Hey, I need like 10 recipes to make with these few ingredients that I have in my kitchen, you know, to, to just make something to eat to like, Hey, I need like a strategy for the next five weeks to create content. That's going to increase my engagement on social media. I'm a tattoo artist. I live in this place. This is the kind of work that I do help me write a bio for myself. Like this, the li- there's no limit. One thing I, I wasn't sure about. So with 3.5 and everything before that, it only had up until like 2021 or 2022, the knowledge that it could yeah. research, right? Yeah, Is that yeah. any more recent with four? I don't think so. It's still so, there. So with uh, Google Bard, it's more up to date. Yes. So if anybody doesn't know about Google Bard, it's another you know, chat GPT type of AI generator kind of thing. Not as, not as smart, but it has more knowledge. It has it, more, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's not as smart, but it has more knowledge because it, it can, it has more of like the Google information. It, yeah. It's directly related to yes. Google. Um, one of the things that I found it really useful for was I looked into mine and the podcast Instagram account Yeah, and you just talk to it. Like you're talking to chat GPT too. You're like, Hey, you are now a, uh, Instagram or social media content manager or what guru, whatever you want to call it, you know, look into the honest tattoo or podcast, Instagram account. Tell me the things that are working. Tell me the things that are not working. How can I improve the content on there to be more engaging? And it'll give you a list of all the things that you're doing, right? It'll give you all a list of like how well your analytics are compared to other people's. It's pretty good. That's fucking cool. Yeah, and it's all up to date too. So that's really good. I feel like it's a matter of time before like one thing that I was I was talking to someone the other day. So Elon Musk was one of the initial people with ChatGPT that, you know, kind of pushed it and investor, et cetera. All Tesla cars have cameras that are constantly learning in their environment. And that's why people keep saying like Tesla is a, is a information technology company, not just a car company. Right. Because it's gathering data all the time from the world. The more it knows, the better the cars drive themselves. 
So when you add like, if you could add the knowledge of like every Tesla car that's moving in the streets onto chat GPT, so it knows all of these things that it sees and it can describe, et cetera. Dude, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's like the more information you give it, the smarter it's going to get. And I was like, oh my God, that's going to be wild. So it's like, man, the future is scary, but it's also, it's going to be fucking cool. Just got to get up on it, guys. People are afraid. People are afraid they as really hell. They really are. Yeah. I, I saw a whole like debate uh, in, I think it was one of your posts about uh, people talking about like how, oh, this is, you know, this uh, technology is just taking artists' jobs, et cetera. And I think somebody, I don't know if it was you that responded to him, like, that's happened to t- with technology since the beginning of time. Yeah. Anytime anything comes around, <laughs> it's going to, you know, fuck over whatever was before it. Yeah. You just kind of, kind of, you got to grow with it, adapt and keep moving on. Exactly. Like it's just fine. You got to find something else. Yeah. It's just going to be the way that it goes. I mean, it, it sucks. It sucks. Nobody's saying that it doesn't suck. Like my, uh, my client today, he's a truck driver and I was telling him like, yeah, man, like for like in 10 to 15 years, trucks are going to drive themselves. You know, why would, why would they have a human? You know, cause he was telling me how tired he was from driving, you know, 10, 12, like 12 hours a day. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, in 10, 15 years, they'd rather have a robot driving. It's going to be smarter, drive safer, never get tired, never take breaks. And it's going to make everything more efficient. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you're probably right, dude. And I'm like, you know, cause I was like, that's just the way it's going to be, dude. There's nothing else we can do about it. Uh, we got a couple of other things that people want us to talk about. If you want to run through them or quicker, if you want to save them for another day, it's up to you. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So <laughs> I put up on Instagram before, just what are some things that we could talk about? We got a couple of responses, not nearly as many as we have in the past when we did this, but uh, we can run through a couple of them. Uh, one guy goes, how to manage life. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I want somebody to tell me that because I don't know how to do that. I think you do it pretty well, bro. I do it. You do it pretty well. I had somebody ask me that the other day when I was in Vegas and I told them, I was like, you just have a routine. I feel like life is routines. It's like a bunch of routines. And for me, everything needs to happen very like, I have to wake up by this time. So I have this much time to do X, Y, Z. And after that, this needs to get done. And I was like, how do I squeeze like being all these, wearing all these different hats is planning. You have to budget and plan your time. That's why like it blows my fucking mind when I see people that don't have that much on their plate and they're fucking overwhelmed. Like what? If you're one of those people, I'm sorry for you. There's people who are going to beat you at everything. Yeah. If you're overwhelmed with that, it's just what it is. So a little behind the scenes, I had a very lengthy chat with Russ Abbott last week. Mm-hmm. And while we were talking, he was asking me kind of about this. And he was like, dude, I, I see like, you've got the podcast, you've got all this side stuff that you're doing, you know, making prints, making products. He's like, you got a family, like, how are you doing it all? I'm like, I find the time, you know, it's not easy. My wife gets mad at me a lot because she feels like I'm putting- She wants other, your attention, yeah. She feels like I'm putting other things as a higher priority than her and the kids, which I admit sometimes, you know, that does, I, I, she, her feelings are correct in that. Um, 
And I'm, I've, I've been trying to do more to make sure that that's not the case. And one of the things that I've been doing was trying to make sure that I finished tattooing early enough in the day so that I can get my client out the door. I could spend the last hour or two in the shop when everyone's still here, still tattooing. I'm drawing or preparing for the next day. That way I don't have to take my work home with me. Yes, that's smart. So I've been trying to do that a lot. But so one of the things that Russ said is like, man, it seems like what you need to do is you need to find a way to make more money doing less work. So you have more free time. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, yeah, that would be great. I would definitely enjoy making more money doing less work, but you still work more. I'm the type of person (laughs) I would find more things to do with that free time. That's just the way that that I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's funny because that's like the from that guy that that showed that you showed me that video where he talks about money. He was like, it doesn't matter if I'm making ten thousand or ten million. I'm still going to be working just as hard. Yeah. And I was like, that's facts, my guy. Yeah. That is facts. That's what I think. Like you know, fucking those billionaires like Musk and fucking Zuckerberg, those guys are billionaires. They don't work any less than they were when they were in college. You know what I'm saying? Those guys are, have always been like, just that's just their ethic. Like yeah. that is just what pushes them. Same for me, man. Like if I'm not trying to do like, um, I need to feel constantly overwhelmed with work. And that's me. It makes me it's, feel good. There's gotta be a sickness. <laughs> like I know people call it workaholic, but there's gotta be something more than yeah. that. Than just a workaholic for real. Like I have to feel overwhelmed with work. If not, I feel like I'm not doing enough. I'm like, then I'm fucking being lazy. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh man. But I feel like that's, that's the way that it is, man. It's just like, you know, like to deal with the, with the pressures of the world and put some more on top. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, and then you got the, the, the real recipe for, for some success. Yeah. But yeah, to go back to your point before, I think scheduling, planning, like making time for specific things is clutch. Yes. I, I, I ran somebody the other day and I was like, hey, dude, this is what it is. I wake got to wake up by this time and I have one hour to do this, 30 minutes to do this, then another hour to do this. I have to be out the door by this time and you start by tattooing by this time so I can finish by this time and then have more time to do this. Yeah. And that's life. (laughs) And then you get up in the morning, you do it all over again, dude. That's it. There's no like very little time to just like, oh, I'm just chilling. (laughs) It's very rare. Yeah. Uh, And like uh, if I told this to somebody that was very young the other day, I was like, dude, do as much as you can right now because later you're going to be tired. That's for sure. You know, like just. And fuck, dude, if you got kids too, like forget about it. Yeah. And as much as I want to be productive when I'm home, so at least now Sammy's five, he's in kindergarten, he's in school all day, but I still have my two-year-old daughter, Alex, with me. And it's just like, you can't fucking do anything, man. No, they want your attention. Yeah, dude. They want it. And as soon as I try to, like, if I got to, even if I have to, if I've got to draw, I know whipping out my iPad in front of her is just like the end of the day. (laughs) She wants the iPad. She wants to play her games. I'm like, fuck, now I can't do anything. She's got my iPad all day that night. So I can't do that. Or if I like plop her down in front of the TV, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do something. You know, I'll be back in five minutes. I'm going to go, you know, crop a print or whatever. Yeah. As soon as I walk down the steps, she's screaming for me. She's like, like, I can't do it. Yeah. So I got to be, you know, with her engaged the entire time. I mean, I love, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's priceless moments, you know, 
Because, you know, there's going to be the one time they're like, fuck, leave me alone, dad. Exactly. You know, that's yeah. why I try to always like tell myself that like when my kid's being like smothery, I'm like one day he's going to be like, fuck dad, get away from me. Yeah. dude." You know? So I try to be like, just enjoy this dude. He's going to smother you now. He wants to be on top of you now. One day he's going to be like, I don't want to be anywhere near you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. You're right. You're right. I try to remind myself yeah. of that too. That's the reminder of like, enjoy this moment as much as possible because like, it's crazy. Like you hear all the time. They grow, they grow so fast until you have kids and you're like, holy shit, they fucking grow so fast. Yeah. They never stop. And so, you know, enjoy those moments because they're, they're precious. All right, moving on. We got, we'll do like one or two more. Uh, this one says the fate of tattoos with no lines. I feel like we talk about that a lot. Man, just, the, put, just put lines in your tattoos. That, that's Yeah, I would say, Put lines in your tattoos if you can, you know, unless you're trying to achieve a certain result. And then if not, learn to create contrast without yeah. lines. Yeah. There's it. plenty of people that do it really well. Learn to create a nice edge with contrast. Very possible. It's not that hard. You just have to plan accordingly and know how to saturate up against the line to make that line disappear. Yeah. Um, the limit to that, to me, is size. There's only so much that you can do until you go too small and then it doesn't matter. It's like, it's just going to go into shit. So learn to, learn to, to figure out where that sweet spot is in your work. Because like, you know, somebody that does black and gray tattoos has a little bit more leeway with what I'm talking about than somebody that does color tattoos. Yes. I feel like in both instances though, you could still, even if it's a, a colored line or a gray line, I feel like still putting that line in there will give you that edge that you're talking about. Yeah. So I feel like either way, whether it's color or black and gray, you can still line it. Yes. yes. I feel, and this is just totally just personal preference. I feel like the best looking soft tattoos without lines, if you want to call a soft tattoo or a realistic tattoo, the best looking ones are the ones that look very sculptured, sculpted that have like that chiseled, edgy look to it. Yeah. Cause I feel like those kind of blocky shapes and that kind of harsh contrast or whatever, that kind of gives it that structure to it that might hold it together a little bit longer. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, one way where I learned to do a lot of like my black and gray shading was to study sculptures, Yeah, you know, study sculptures and how they're photographed and how like you see them. Cause then it's like, since it's this like, like marble sculptures, they just hit light a certain way that is very similar to like a human would hit light, you know, mm. cause it's just translucent. So you can see the light really bounce really well from, from those like figures. And it just lets you, because there's no color on them. It lets you see all of the shadows so much clearer yeah. than on like on a human being, but there's like pores and all these other things. So it's like, that's what I think the beauty of like studying marble sculptures and learning to like shade those things well. Cause then you can really see the shapes without all the extra information of details and stuff like that. Yeah. Speaking, this is reminding me, speaking of, are your fingertips that, no, right? No. Um, so speaking of skin being translucent, I thought about this a while ago and I, I never got a chance to do it. Cause I don't know anybody personally who has like the very tips of their fingers, like close up to the nail. Yeah. You know how, when you hold a flashlight and you to your finger, it. you can yeah. see through it. Yeah. 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 I want to, do that to someone who has their fingers tattooed and see what it looks like with the, if you see the tattoo ink in that, in that, that finger. glow. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I want to see what that looks like. 
So if anybody listening has their fingers tattooed all the way close try to that. Nails, Send a try photo. It. Yeah. I would love to see what that looks like. Oh man. There's that kit. Oh, I forget. It's, I know as a tattoo, Raptor laser, that guy has his like cuticle tattooed, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think he did something where he like removed his nails Ugh. and got his hand tattooed all the way down to his like nail bed. That's nails awful. Back. It sounds insane. That's awful. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think I saw that on the internet. I feel like I, I heard something about that also. Uh, what a level of commitment. Holy right? fuck. Uh, let's pick one more halfway decent one. How can I get on the show? Sweet. One, you should definitely be already following us on Instagram and hopefully being a Patreon, but most of all, have some value to add to the show. If you have something That's really huge. good to add to the show, you know, then just send them, send us a message. You know, we'd love to talk to you. If you have something, a great topic or experience in any field, it doesn't have to be about tattoos directly, but if it could sway into it, that would be great. Yeah. I mean, even earlier we were talking about possibly getting a dermatologist on the show. Like there's questions about it. Cause you know, we deal with skin all the time. Yeah. So like we have questions about it. That would be great. And most of all for next year, I'd love to have, more people that are tattooed and not necessarily tattooers on the show. So if yeah. you're somebody that's a listener and uh, you've collected a lot of tattoos over the, over the ages, you have old, old tattoos. I would love to talk to old people that have old tattoos. That shit is super intriguing to me. Hearing tattoo stories from before 1980, it's just makes me give me butterflies. I love it. You know? <laughs> Cause that to me, that's like, I don't know. I ne I wasn't around, but I'm nostalgic for it. You yeah. know, I'm like, oh man, that sounded so cool. That's when tattooers were actually cool as fuck, <laughs> you know? Cause there wasn't that many of them. And it's like, you know, you heard of a guy that did tattoos and it was like, what? That guy does what? Not using any gloves. No good fucks given. Dude. Yeah. It's like so crazy. and so a cigarette cool. hanging out of their mouth with ashes dropping all over the tattoo. Yeah. I, oh man. I just started following on a page that posts all these really cool old videos of uh, tattooers uh, from like the seventies and eighties getting interviewed or doing videos, explaining their work and how they doing and stuff like that. And one of the videos I'll, I'll try to find it and maybe we can put it in the comments and stuff like that. Uh, they, one of the videos was like this tattooer and it was like maybe 78, 79. And he was explaining uh, how the tattoo machine worked and how the, needles worked and he only had two machines and he was using like a tight three and a seven mag. That was it, dude. And that three liner looked like a freaking like seven. <laughs> I'm just telling you that. And then like the, the tube was like one of those pencil sized tubes. Yeah. And, um, the machine definitely sounded like it didn't have a capacitor. Cause it was like, it was just so loud. And, uh, he was just riding the tube the whole time. Yeah. And he, for the stencil, it, it was like one of those acetate, acetate stencils that looked like it was barely there. And what bugged me out is because he was riding the tube. And as soon as he like put that tube down on the skin, it was just ink everywhere. One wipe, half the stencil's gone. And I'm like, holy fuck, dude. That was how these dudes did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, holy shit, dude. And then uh, the tattoo that he was doing was like a Japanese dragon really small facing forward with like, you know, it was like a palm size tattoo, mm -hmm. but it was cool. 
you know, and the shading was smooth as fuck oh, with shit. a seven mag. But I was like, damn. And his shading was like, he was shading black and gray, but it was definitely like, like a wash with a little bit of wine in it. And that's okay. what that was his gray. Nice. But after he finished and towards the end, you got to see it. I was like, oh, it looks pretty good. Cool. I want to try and get a hold of the guy who taught me how to tattoo. Yeah. He, I want to say he started in 83. Um, he doesn't tattoo anymore. Yeah. Last I heard he was working construction here in the city. Mm -hmm. I was a couple of years ago. I'm hoping the guy's still alive, but I don't, who the hell knows. But if I can get a hold of him, he has some pretty cool stories, like just old timer days. He was friends with Mario. He was friends with Paul Booth. Like he has some, some old, old stories to talk about. And I'll never forget up until I want to say like the first year or two that I was tattooing with him, he was still applying stencils by taking speed stick, rubbing it on a paper towel, Oh and shit. Then put a paper towel. Wild. <laughs> skin to put the sense on. Holy shit. Yep. That's wild. Yeah. That was tied, tried and true. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> I mean, it worked. It's probably in your favorite stencil solution. You know, yep. they broke it down and figured it out. And the only reason why he was putting it on the paper towel first was because he used to just put the speed stick directly on the skin. And then he realized this probably isn't this the most is sanitary thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. The well, fuck. Anyways, guys, I don't think we have much else to say today. No, that was a good one. Uh, we want to wish you a uh, happy Merry Kwanzaa. <laughs> and well, for everybody listening to this, all those already passed. Oh, yeah. Because to you guys, it's Tuesday after Christmas. That's true. So I hope you guys got some pretty cool gifts on all your holidays. And uh, give us the gifts that keeps on giving and become a Patreon supporter. Yes, Because that would be amazing. And uh, if not, then we'll see you on the next one. Thank you guys so much. Bye, guys. Peace. Oh, actually, before we go. Oh, wait. There's uh, a video that John and I were talking about that is going to be in the after show. So the only way to see that is to be a Patreon supporter. But we were talking about tattooing on black skin. And it's a good one. So check it out. Check it out, guys. Check it out, guys.